Shalom, brothers and sisters. We're here again for another Sabbath day. Um, I'm Brother Sid. I'm going to have Brother Corey assisting me today. <clears throat> and we're going to go into an in-depth lesson on Japanese. Last week we um, identified who Dan was, but we want to identify Japheth because there's somebody parading around as Japheth who isn't. So we want to put a magnifying glass on who those people are to show you who have been destroying us since the beginning. <clears throat> Today we're going to use a couple different sources. We're going to use our, um, of course, the King James Bible. Um, we're going to use the Bible Dictionary Zondervan. We're going to go into the book of Jasher. Um, Jasher is the book of the upright one This is like a more detailed Genesis So in, if, Genesis is an overview So you will want to go in here And it'll link a lot of the missing missing pieces That you're probably looking for And we're also going to use Our, uh, our <clears throat> King James Version Apographer Which is the 14 books that was Taken out of the King James Bible When the Bible was first canonized It had 80 books And every book, every Bible up until 1850 um, had these books in it Now this is a Cambridge book Or an Oxford book that we have both Actually to show you that The universities are teaching these records So when your preacher tell you It's not spiritually inspired Then why are they teaching it at the universities See So the the Romans of course Who have taken control of Canonization somehow I don't know how Because how can they canonize Our records our forefathers records How can they tell us what our grandfather left for us. That, that They don't have the authority to do that. So we're going to go into the record today and pin down who is par- parading as Japheth. We're going to go into uh, we're going to go into some detailed history. We're going to jump around. Um, this is really more of a history lesson, more so than a salvation lesson or a religious lesson. So we're going to dive into this history because I think it's important that when you open the Bible, you understand who's who. And where you're at in history. So we're going to go into it today. We're going to go to Joshua 10 to prove to you that the book of Jasher is a book that's profitable. And they spoke about this book in the Bible. Joshua chapter 10 verse 13. Joshua 10 and 13. And the sun stood still and the moon stayed until the people had avenged themselves upon their enemies. Is not this written in the book of Jasher? Read that again. Is not this written in the book of Jasher? So the sun stood still in the midst of heaven and hasted not to go down about a whole day. Now, if we shouldn't read the book of Jasher, why are the prophets referring to Jasher? So they must have had this record. So we're going to go into the same records that our forefathers dealt with. Because there's, there's a specific person who doesn't want to be identified. Therefore, they leave out certain... Pieces of history. These are the pieces of history that your historians uh, will never teach you because their historians are actually there set up there to prevent you from getting this information. (laughs) They're there to put a cap on which you can learn. So we're going to dive into the history and identify who's parading around as Japheth and who are they who have been destroying this since the beginning. We're going to go to second Samuel uh, one and 18 further proof. That the book of Jasher is speaking about, spoken about on many occasions in the Bible. Second Samuel one eighteen. Second Samuel one verse eighteen. Also, he bade them teach the children of Judah the use of the bow of bow. Behold, it is written in the book of Jasher. Read that again, brother. 
Also, he bade them teach the children of Judah the use of the bow. Behold, it is written in the book of Jasher. So our people were actually pretty nice with the bow. We were pretty serious with the bow. This was something that our forefathers passed down to us. Of course, we're looking like, I don't even know how to shoot, uh, put together a bow now. But back when we were a people, we had this particular skill. You know, now that we have been domesticated, you know, we've lost some of our skills, you know, or we have amnesia. We'll get that back. Read that again, brother. Second Samuel 1 and 18. Also, he bade them teach the children of Judah the use of the bow. Behold, it is written in the book of Jasher. Right. So, again, the prophets are speaking of Jasher. So, we're going to go into Jasher. Now, Christian church will never take you into these scriptures. And that's why they can't point out a lot of the history that we're going to go into today. Now, we all know that the seminary college, the, the colleges that the pastors and bishops must go through in order to have a church, especially a mega church, it's taught by these same people who don't want to be identified. See, so... If you're in the position to teach your enemy, Malcolm X had a had a quote that said, you know, if you it would be almost detrimental or deaf to allow, you know, your enemy to teach your children. And mm-hmm. and that's the truth. You know, that's what have happened. We were children and our enemy is teaching us at this point. So now that we have our history back of who we are, we're going to be led by the Holy Spirit and we're going to read those. We're going to read whatever record, you know, that the most high lead us to. Whether they're teaching it at the church or not, because I can tell you now, the majority of the people sitting in this room, a Christian pastor couldn't sit down with you in this Bible at all. <laughs> and y'all are still rarely new. A Christian pastor could not sit down with y'all in the Bible and go through no scriptures because y'all would rip them up. Mm-hmm. Y'all would tear them up. And they know it. They know it. We're going to give you some more history to strengthen your arsenal. Uh, go. To, we're going to go to Genesis 10 because we want to identify who Japheth is. Genesis chapter 10, we're going into the table of nations. Uh, Yes, sir. One through five, please. Genesis 10 and one. Now, these are the generations of the son of Noah, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Read that again. Now, these are the generations of the sons of Noah, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. And unto them were sons born after the flood. So these are the people that lived through the flood. Noah and his three sons. You have <clears throat> you have Shem, who are you the Middle Easterns, the Negroes, the Jews, us, of course. And later on down the line, Esau was Shemitic. Um, then you have <clears throat> you have Ham, who is the Africans. And when you go to your pastor and ask them who you are, they're going to point you in this direction. They're going to tell you that you're a Hamite. They're going to tell you that you're cursed because the son of Canaan. Now, any of us who know the Bible know that Hamites were cursed because they looked upon their father's nakedness. You're not supposed to see your father naked. And Noah became, you know, uh, inebriated one day where he was, you know, he was staggering and he was not clothed. And Ham, the father of the Africans, he made fun of his father. He, you know, he didn't cover his father. Shem and Japheth, they walked in backwards to not see their father and helped clothe them. So even in his inebriated state, they respected their father. And that's why the Hamites are living so low. But nowhere in the Bible did it say they were going to cargo slave ships. So just because somebody is a person of color doesn't make them a Hamite. We're going to prove that by going into the Bible dictionary and show you that even Zondervan know that we're not Hamites. We're going to go here, and we're going to look up uh, 
ham. And we're going to put it on the screen for you, actually, because we have a... I'm going to read you what it says. All right. Ham, the youngest son of Noah, born probably after 96 years before the flood, and one of eight persons to live through the flood. All right, so this is proof that you don't need more than one wife. They they procreated the whole earth, and they only had one wife. Noah had one wife. Ham had one wife. Shem and Japheth had one wife. So if they, we're not going to allow you to use that as an excuse, you know. Well, you know, I'm trying to just, you know. Replenish the earth, put more people on earth. No, we don't need your help, brother. You just need one wife. That's all. And a lot of people don't even know that a lot of these pharisaical Israelites, in order to be king, you had to be you had to have one wife. In order to be priest, you had to have one wife. So everybody wants to be king, but they want to have more than one wife, and that's not gonna happen. Read that, brother, again from the top. Ham, the youngest son of Noah, born probably after about ninety six years before the flood. And one of eight persons to live through the flood. He, be- he became the progenitor of the dark race. Read that again. He became the progenitor of the dark race. So he became the father <laughs> of the dark races. Not the Negroes. What? what? Not the Negroes. See, so even Zondervan knows this. That we are dark. <laughs> you, that's, that's obvious. But everybody dark didn't come from Ham. And Zondervan knows this. So why do our Christian pastors keep pointing us in this direction? Because the person that taught them is the person that have now assumed your identity. Read it, brother. He became the progenitor of the dark races, not the Negroes, but the Egyptians, Ethiopians, Libyans, and Canaanites. There's four family of Africans, and if you didn't come from one of these families, you're not African. Read it again, brother. Ham, the youngest son of Noah, born probably about 96 years before the flood, and one of eight persons to live through the flood. He became the progenitor of the dark races, not the Negroes, but the Egyptians, Ethiopians, Libyans, and Canaanites. So I asked African-Americans, what African tribe are you from? (laughs) See, because you don't even know that. You're just claiming to be a continent. There's only four African families, and they dwelt in what you would call North Africa. That was where Africans stayed. The whole western ivory coast of Africa is Israelites, majority. Mm -hmm. From Ghana, Togo, Nigeria, um, Zimbabwe. This is all Israelites. That whole Western Ivory Coast where we came from, we came from the Western coast of Africa. And those people aren't Africans. So we wanted to show you that even in the Zondervan Bible Dictionary, the book that they published, we didn't publish this book. So this isn't a black thing. A white man, an Edomite, published this book and he knows that we're not Hamites. So... You know, thank the most high that he had woken us up because this is where I was steered as a young man, that I was a Hamite. And, you know, me being a Hamite kind of made me want to put the book down, (laughs) to be honest with you, because it was telling me some things I didn't really like. And I didn't feel as true for myself and come to find out it's not true for me. And it's racist for you to say that every dark person is an African when it's only four African families. See, so we're going to move on. We're going to go back to Genesis 10. We're going to start it from verse 1 again. Genesis 10 and 1. Now these are the generations of the sons of Noah, Shem, 
Ham and Japheth. All right. Now, Japheth is the modern day Asians. You're going to find that out. So you got the people, um, the white man, so-called the Negroes, who are brothers, twin brothers. And the people from Palestine, those people are brothers, the Ishmaelites, the Arabs. Those are Shemites. They are sons of Shem. We know Abraham was Shem. Then you have the Hamites, which are the Africans. And then you have Japheth, which are the Asians. And all people come from these four, these three uh, brothers here. All people today walking. And we're going to show you how do people hide themselves when they go into another country. Like, for instance... In a thousand years, the history books will make it seem as if the Europeans are actually the Americans and not the natives. You see how that could skew history a little bit because they're not the, the original Americans. So we're going to go into the history to show you why it is that they're doing this and when did they begin this? When did they learn how to mask themselves behind other nationalities? Uh, go ahead, brother. <clears throat> Genesis 10 and 1. Now these are the generations of the sons of Noah, Shem, Ham and Japheth, and unto and unto them were sons born after the flood. The sons of Japheth, Gomer and Magog. Gomer is um, Ukraine, modern day Ukraine. And Magog. Magog Magog is Russia. And Madai. That's Madai is Persia, one of the names for Persia. And Javan. We know that that's Greece. We know Greece or Cyprus, Chittim. And Tobal. Tubal is Armenia. That's modern day Armenia. And Meshesh and Tyrus. Mesh- that to Meshesh is Turkey, modern day Turkey. And Tyrus. Tyrus is what you would call today France. See, so these people, the Edomites, you would think, okay, these sound like white Europeans. But it wasn't before. Before, these were Asians. See, and we're going to prove to you that they fought the Asians and pushed them into the lands that they're in today. They're not, Europe was, in, in the Bible, it was Asia. So they have rewritten history once again, and we're going to show you why it is they're trying to hide themselves. Read that again, brother. <clears throat> Verse 2, the sons of Japheth, Gomer, and Magog, and Madai, and Javan, and Tubal, and Meshesh, and Tyrus, and the sons of Gomer, Ashkenaz. Ashkenaz. See, and this may confuse you because now they're saying they're Ashkenazi Jews. Now, Ashkenaz is Germany. So they're claiming you can't be an Ashkenaz Jew because Ashkenaz is a completely different family from the Jews, number one. And they're not Ashkenaz either because the original Ashkenaz are Japheth. They're Asians. They're not Edomites. They're not Europeans. But they have assumed their identity. See, we're going to we're going to tack them down and we're going to put a magnifying glass on them because the Bible says Christ will not come until the son of perdition is revealed. And we're going to reveal the son of perdition today because they're trying to hide themselves and we're not going to allow them to hide today. Go ahead, brother. <clears throat> Verse three. And the sons of Gomer, Ashkenaz and Ripath and Togar, Togarma mm-hmm. and the sons of Javan. Javan, we know that that's Greece. Elisha. Elisha, that's that's what you call Britain or Britannica in scripture. And Tarshish. Tarshish, that is what you call Spain. Kitim. Mm-hmm. And Dodanim. Dodanim is Bosnia, Serbia, Croatia, that whole area over there. 
this was Asian lands. This was not European lands. We're going to show you when they went into the land and then assume the identity. And why would they want to do that? We're going to show you why. We're going to go to Genesis 25 and 22. Genesis 25 verse 22. This is when Esau came on the scene. Those aren't Edomites right there. This is when Esau first comes on the scene. And the children struggled together within her. And she said, if it be so, why am I thus? And she went to inquire of the Lord. So we know that our mother, she was having twins. And the twins were fighting in her. Um, There was a time where she was barren, so-called. And she couldn't have children. And she prayed to the Most High, and the Most High blessed her with child, but she was feeling pains in her womb, and she didn't understand, if you bless me with children, why am I feeling these harsh pains? Read. Verse 23, and the Lord said unto her, two nations are in thy womb. Read that again, brother. And the Lord said unto her, two nations are in thy womb. Nations is short for nationality. Usually you are what your father is, but this was something that had never happened before. This was um, an admiration almost. Um, There would be a different nation, two different nations coming from the same nationality. See, so read it again, brother. Verse 23, and the Lord said unto her, two nations are in thy womb. And two manner of people shall be separated from thy bowels. So they would need to be separated because they're already fighting in the womb. What do you think they're going to do when they get out the womb? They're going to fight. So they need to be separated from the beginning. (laughs) And the one people shall be stronger than the other people. And see, they know that the younger brother, Jacob, is stronger. See, just physically, that's how the Most High made us. He made us stronger. The majority of the world know who who are pretty much the more athletic, the strongest, who the people you would be scared to see in a ring. You know, what people are those? And that's how the Most High made us. That's why they started breaking us down with vaccines, started feeding us carcinogenic foods, right? GMOs, because they have to make us weak first before they come and get us. They know that just the Most High have just made us stronger. You know, it's not a bragging thing. It's just the truth. They have... They have blessings too, but it wasn't the strength. Read, brother. And the Lord said unto, and the Lord said unto her, Two nations are in thy womb, and two manner of people shall be separated from thy bowels, and the one people shall be stronger than the other, and the elder shall serve the younger. All right, now the elder we know is Esau, Jacob. I mean, Esau was the older brother. Jacob was his little brother, and usually. The firstborn gets the blessing, but the Most High stepped in and said, I'm going to do something different here. So this was nothing that Esau or Jacob could have done. This was intervention by the Most High God. So it says that the elder shall serve the younger. Now, we know that have not happened yet (laughs) because white people have never served us. That brings up that it means it's in the future. (laughs) And see, that's a problem. They don't want that because they feel this. If I kill my brother Jacob, then the blessing will go to me by by default. So their plan is to kill us because if they kill us, then Christ will have nobody to come back for. That's how that's what they think. If I kill them, then Christ will have no reason to come back and I'll rule by default. See, so they know that there's going to be a paradigm change where they're going to be ruled by us righteously. And they're doing everything in their power to not allow that to happen by putting drugs in your communities putting the type of music out and glorifying the music that they're glorifying showing our brothers, you know, 
killing each other and promoting it. Our sisters promoting, you know, promiscuity. This is these are the tools promoting gay lifestyle. See, that is a, that's a way for it to to keep the population down. That is a tool from Satan that they use. To, it's population control at its finest because we know those people aren't having any children. That's that's not how the Most High made it. A man and a woman are should be together. And it shows you that if a man and a man or a woman and a woman can't be together and bring life, then it's it's not right. <laughs> you know, it's not that we're against gay people. We're just pro-life. That's it. You know, we like life. That's all. All right. Go ahead, brother. Verse 24. And when her days to be delivered were fulfilled, behold, there were twins in her womb. And the first came out red all over like a hairy garment. And the. And they called his name Esau. Right. So the first one came out red, which means his blood showed forth through his skin. This had never happened before. So this was somebody who could be identified just by looking at him. This was the first time. Read it again, brother. Verse 24. And when her days to be delivered were fulfilled, behold, there were twins in her womb. And the first came out red all over like a hairy garment. Now, he was red when... We know that there's no such thing as a white man. Uh, this page here is white. So we know there's no such thing as a white man. People are shades of red or pink. Uh, people are shades of brown. Genesis 25 and 25. And the first came out red all over like a hairy garment. And they called his name Esau. So we know the older brother was Esau, which is... Of course, the white man, he was red all over. He was hairy. Now, we know that white people are much hairier than us. We <laughs> don't grow that much hair. Like, white people, I have white friends. They got hair on their back, on their stomach, <laughs> on their legs. White, black people, we, you know, we lose our hair at 40, <laughs> you know? So, it's just an identification that Esau would have that hair. He would have long hair. He would be hairy. His even the women, the hair is all the way down the back. This is who they are. Read it again. <clears throat> Genesis 25 and 25. And the first came out red all over like a hairy garment. Read the next scripture. And they called his name Esau. And after that came his brother out. And his hand took hold of Esau's heel. And his name was called Jacob. And Isaac was threescore years old when she bare them. So his little brother was Jacob. And notice it doesn't describe Jacob. And that's because everybody looked like Jacob at that time, which are people of color, to prove to you that the Negroes and the so-called Edomite or white man are brothers, according to the Bible. Twin brothers. And the so-called white man is older. See? So this is why we don't get along. <laughs> because we're brothers, and brothers never get along. <laughs> See? And if you take a prick of an Edomite or European's blood and a prick of a Negro, African-American's blood, it come up almost identical. Closer than any other race of people. If you take a prick of a African American's blood and an African's blood, it's nowhere near the same. Nowhere near the same. So we're talking about a struggle between two. There's, of course, there's other people in the world, but it's really a struggle between two. Read that scripture again, brother. Verse 26. And after that came his brother out, and his hand took hold of Esau's heel, and his name was called Jacob. And Isaac was threescore years old when she buried them. Now, we're going to show you why. What was the significance of Jacob holding on to his brother's heel? We're going to go to 2nd address in your apographer. 2nd address, 6 and 8. <coughs> to show you the significance of what was transpiring. 
Second Ezra 6 verse 8. And he said unto me, From Abraham unto Isaac, when Jacob and Esau were born of him, Jacob's hand held first the hill of Esau. For Esau is the end of the world, and Jacob is the beginning of it that follows. To prove to you that the Edomites or the Romans or the so-called white man would be ruling at the end of the world. See? So I don't see Asians ruling right now. I don't see Asian presidents or native presidents. I see the government being Edomites. So they're ruling right now. To prove to you further proof that they're Edomites and not Japheth. Because nowhere did it say that Japheth would be ruling in the end. But when you talk to Jewish people, they would have you believe <laughs> that they are, a lot of them are Japheth. They would have us believe that they're Japheth and they're not. Just because you're living in Japheth land in Europe, which was Asia, don't make you Japheth. And there's a reason why they want to hide who they are. We're going we're gonna to put a magnifying glass on them today. Uh, read that again, brother. <laughs> Verse 8, And he said unto me, From Abraham unto Isaac, when Jacob and Esau were born of him, Jacob's hand held first the hill of Esau. For Esau is the end of the world, and Jacob is the beginning of it that followed. Without separation. He was holding on to his brother's heel. So when Esau's chance is over, because all races of people have had a chance to rule. This is just the Edomites are ruling now. But prior to them, Egyptians ruled, Persians ruled, Greeks ruled. So this is just the Romans' turn. And after this, it'll be our turn to rule righteously. That's what's going to happen, and that's why we're being killed, because they don't want to give up that struggle. They think that most people think we are meant to serve. And, you know, that's going to change here soon uh, with, you know, with the second coming of Christ. This is going to change. So when it, say, when it says that um, Jacob is the beginning that followeth, Esau is the end of the world. The world doesn't mean the end of the earth. It just means the end of a society or an eon. It doesn't mean the earth is going to explode or something like that. It just means the end of this kingdom, this rulership. It'll be a new. It'll be new. And it'll be Jacob. It'll be the Israelites ruling righteously with the Bible as the foundation. We're not going to treat people the way we were treated because we're better than that. <laughs> if we treat people the way we were treated, then that means we're no better than the people that treated us that way. We're going to show you who it was that actually treated us like that. Because it wasn't all white people. See? Satan would have you believe that it was all white people. But it was a specific family. And we're going to identify that family. Because just because we have the understanding of who we are don't mean we see red when we see Edomites. We know which Edomites it is. Because the Most High have given us that vision. We're not going to just be angry at everybody. We know exactly who it is. And we're going to identify him today for everybody. All right, we're going to go uh, back to Genesis 36. Because there was a time where Esau tried to change his color. He knew that he could be identified, so he started marrying Canaanite women. Canaanites, we already read, are a family of Africans. So he usually, if you have a, a Caucasian and a person of color, the baby is going to usually come out with some hue. That's just how it is, because darker takes over the light, of course. It may not have been much darker, but you don't get lighter from darker. You get darker from lighter. So, if a two, whether it's a man and a woman, either or, you know, if the man is black or the woman is black, it doesn't matter. If there's a black there, the child is usually going to come up with some hue. They're not going to be, you know, pale, to be honest with you. So he tried, what he tried to do was he tried to start mixing with these Africans in order to change his color. 
because he could be identified like a sore thumb because everybody at this time was people of color. Esau was the first white man. Just imagine how that could be. You know, that's a lot of pressure. <laughs> you probably everybody else is black. You're the only white person there. Like that's a lot of pressure in the world. Like <laughs> I understand that. You know, I'd be scared sometimes be around all black people. I ain't gonna lie. Okay, so I understand. <laughs> you got to think of the struggle of what this young man was actually going through. You know, we're not angry at Esau. You know, <coughs> vengeance is the Lord's, and we just along for the ride. That's all. We're going to Genesis 36 and uh, we're going to read 36 and 1. Genesis 36 verse 1. Now these are the generations of Esau, who is Edom. Esau took his wives of the daughters of Canaan. See, so he took wives of Canaanites because he was trying to change his color. So he couldn't be identified because Esau was known because he tried to kill his brother. That's what Esau did. Esau was known for, that was his vow to his father that he would kill his brother. When his father died. All right. Uh, read, brother. Esau took his wives of the daughters of Canaan, Adah, the daughter of Elon, the Hittite, and Ahalabamah, the daughter of Ana, the daughter of Zibion, the Hivite. All right. So he's starting to deal with other nations. Usually, you know, Israel, we're supposed to deal with our own. Of course, you know, nowadays you really don't know who's who. You can have a person, you know, like Josh... Or his sister, who looks almost white, but isn't white at all. So we can't really go by color anymore. But, you know, Esau, what he started doing was going to other races of people. He started going to Africans. So, you know, Esau actually likes Africans more than we do. <laughs> that's, that's what history tells us. <laughs> Read that again, brother. Verse 2. Esau took his wives of the daughters of Canaan. Now, let's show you. We're going to jump to Leviticus 14 and 34. But the Most High, he threw a wrench in that plan because he smote the Canaanites with leprosy and turned them white. So even when Esau started to have children with Africans, the child still came out looking just like Esau because he hit the Canaanites with that curse to be turned that color. And we're going to show you what leprosy is because leprosy is not what they're teaching we're going to show you what leprosy is. Go to Le uh, Leviticus um, 14. Uh, yes, sir. Leviticus 14, verse 34. When ye be come into the land of Canaan... Which I give to you for a possession. It says when we come into the land of Canaan, because Israel used to be Canaan. The Most High took Canaan from them and gave it to us. Therefore, it's Israel now. A lot of people don't know that history. Go ahead. <clears throat> when ye be come into the land of Canaan, which I give to you for a possession, I put the plague of leprosy in a house of the land of your possession. See, so there was leprosy in the home. So there were certain things that would have to be done when we came in the land. You would have to get Levi the priest to come and do a certain prayer and certain things in the home to take that disease out because anybody that went into the home became leprous. Now, when you, I don't know if you guys know what vitiligo is, but it's like when you're actually brown, but you get a white spot and then it starts to actually spread. We, I know people personally who have it. I know people personally who they're actually black, but like half of their face is white. That's, yeah. So we're going to show you what that is. Uh, we're going to go to Numbers 12 because let's show you what leprosy is.
Now, I'm going to give you some background. Miriam is Moses' sister. Moses married an African woman, Ethiopian, to let you know that some of the Ethiopians are Israelites because you are who your father is. So some of the Ethiopians are actually Levi or Jews. Um, but she had a problem with Moses for that. She started speaking against Moses and the Most High hit her with leprosy because she was speaking against the prophet of the Most High. We're going to show you that. Read. Numbers 12 and 7. My servant Moses is not so, who is faithful in all mine house. With him will I speak mouth to mouth, even apparently, and not in dark speeches. So everything he spoke to to um, Moses was easy to be understood. You know how you're reading the Bible and sometimes the dark sentence that you don't understand. He didn't do that with Moses. He made it crystal clear to Moses. He spoke to him just like on a regular basis. The one of the only people, the only person to talk to the Most High directly. See his face. Read. Verse 8. With him will I speak mouth to mouth, even apparently, and not in dark speeches. And the similitude of the Lord shall he behold. Wherefore then were ye not afraid, were ye not afraid to speak against my servant Moses? So he was asking Miriam, you weren't, a, you weren't afraid to speak against my prophet Moses? What what gave you the audacity the un, the un the emitted I'm gonna just leave that word alone. What gave you the audacity to speak against a man of the Most High when he's actually helping you out? She had the emetic. Em, no, I tried it again. It <laughs> All right, go ahead, brother. <laughs> Verse nine, and the anger of the Lord was kindled against them, and he departed, and the cloud departed from off the tabernacle, and behold, Miriam became leprous. White as snow. She became what? Leprous. White as snow. And Aaron looked upon Miriam, and behold, she was leprous. To prove you that these people were people of color. I just got attacked online, like, refusely this week because I'm a Jew, and I claim to be a Jew. And they were just telling me there was no black people in the Bible except for the Egyptians. And I'm just like, that doesn't make any sense. Because if Moses was white, how was he... (laughs) How was he in the Pharaoh's house and not known? Doesn't make any sense. If that's the case, that means that white people were slaves to Africans. And that, we know that never happened. They've never served another nation. So that wasn't them. That was us. But I was told that I was stealing people's culture. <laughs> uh, I was attacked, called all types of names. I'm not even going to lie. Just for me claiming to be who I am. When I claim to be an African, it was solid. Nobody had any pushback for that. But when I claim to actually be something that's worth something. That have some responsibility, you're going to be attacked. And I know y'all getting it every day. I know y'all getting it. Probably worse than me. Um, where uh, Read that again, brother. Verse 12. Well, verse 11. And Aries. Actually, read 10 again, please. Verse 10. And the cloud departed from off the tabernacle. And behold, Miriam became leprous, white as snow. And Aaron looked upon Miriam, and behold, she was leper. Now, when you saw a person that was completely white in the Bible, that was called, because sometimes it just starts out as a spot. And, you know, sometimes it continues to go until you're completely changed over. You would be known as a clean leper. You would be allowed in the temple. Had you just had one spot that was just white, you couldn't. You were unclean. You couldn't come into the temple. But if your whole body was white, then you could come into the temple. See, so that's called a clean leper in the Bible. All right. Now, that's different from being an albino. Some people calling it albino. That's not being an albino. So yeah, what is an albino exactly? that's somebody who doesn't have pigmentation in their skin. <laughs> They're born that way. So like they look like a, like a 
monster or something? <sighs> Look like a crayon almost, you know? Looks a little <laughs> weird. <laughs> Make sure I get the right one. All right, so we're gonna go to we're gonna go to Genesis 36 to show you where Esau's original land was because it wasn't Europe. So where was the land that was given to Esau? Genesis uh, 36. We're gonna read two, and then we're gonna read. uh, Actually, you can read one and two, and then we'll jump to eight. Genesis 36, verse one. Now these are the generations of Esau who was Edom. Esau took his wives of the daughters of Canaan, Adah, the daughter of Elon, the Hittite, and Aholibama, the daughter of Anah, the daughter of Zibion, the Hivite. All right, verse 8. Verse 8. Thus dwelt Esau in Mount Seir. Read that again. Thus dwelt Esau in Mount Seir. So Esau was banished to the mountains. He didn't actually have a land of his own because the blessing went to his brother. To prove to you that this is why they take land. Because Ham, Shem, and Japheth were all given lands. But remember, Esau was a new nation. He was a brand new nation. He was the first of his, you know, he came from a black woman and a black man. But his father wasn't an Edomite. He was the first Edomite. It's showing you right there. Read it again. Thus dwelt Esau in Mount Seir. Esau is Edom. Esau is Edom. So the children of Esau are Edomites. We know them as Edomites. We don't call them white people or Caucasian or European. Nah, you're an Edomite. That's what we call you. You know, we say it all the time. I would rather just call you what God called you as opposed to calling you white because paper is white. There's no such thing as a white person. I don't like being called black because we're not actually black. We're brown. So if you really want to be technical about it, you know. Nobody is white and nobody is black. We're going to just deal with it strictly how the Bible says. Therefore, nobody can be angry. Um, Read that again, brother. Verse 8. Thus dwelt Esau in Mount Seir. Esau is Edom. That's right outside of Judea. That's right outside of Israel. They were close. Read. Verse 9. And these are the generations of Esau, the father father of the Edomites, in Mount Seir. Read that again. And these are the generations of Esau, the father of the Edomites in Mount Seir. Right. So they came from the mountains. That's why they like to be in that air. They like to be in high terrain. And they mimic that by building these high skyscrapers because they lived in high habitation. That's what Esau did. And that's why he's such a great hunter, because he lived in that element. We know that they will they will make something that will call a duck like who? You know what I mean? Like, who knows how to make a duck collar? Like, what? (laughs) (laughs) That's not something that a regular person would know. That's something that Esau had that particular blessing or skill. You know, who who would put deer pee on him (laughs) in order to attract a deer? Like, who thinks of that? And it works. This was part of what Esau learned. And this is what he taught his children. Read. Verse 10. These are the names of Esau's son. Eliphaz, the son of Edah, the wife of Esau. Eliphaz, the son of Adah, the wife of Esau. Read that again, brother, from the top. Eliphaz, the son of Adah, the wife of Esau. Reuel, the son of Beshmath, the wife of Esau. And the sons of Eliphaz were Teman. Teman. So Teman are your Germans today. They are the wise men. They were Edom's wise men. They were known for their um, technology and ingenuity. So you had different branches of Edomites. We're going to go into them today. This particular branch, Teman, 
is the uh, Germans. Go ahead, brother. Verse 11. And the son, sons of Eliphaz were teeming. Eliphaz is Amalek, is the Jewish people. So Amalek is the Jewish people today. They're Amalek in the Bible. They're not Judah. We're Judah. They're Eliphaz. Read. Omar, Zepho. Zepho. Remember that name, Zepho, because Zepho is prominent in history. And I'm not really sure why they don't go into Zepho. Like, Alexander the Greek, or Alexander the Great gets all of the glory. But really, it started with this man here, Zepho. We're going to go into him today. And Gautam. And Kenaz. All right. Now we're going to show you how uh, Esau inhabited Europe. And we're going to first we're going to identify who Zeppo is. So we're going to go into the book of Jasher. Book of Jasher. We're going to go to um, Jasher 57 to show you when did Esau first get because we've already learned that Esau was in Mount Seir. So. If they're not in Mount Seir now, where are they at? Because there's nobody in Mount Seir currently. So where did they go? And when did they go there? Um, the book of Jasher. Chapter 57. Uh, yes, sir. I'll start my own home there. <laughs> will be my neighbor. I will be your neighbor. I'll be right there in Israel. Uh, we're going to Jasher 57 and 1. <laughs> Alright, we're going into some profound history now. This right here bore Christians. <laughs> Christians would be like, I don't see no salvation in that. <laughs> Where's the salvation at? The salvation is... Knowing who's been killing you the whole time. <laughs> See, this Christians won't, they will not enjoy this. This, but you know, for those of us who are studying on a scholarly level, which is the majority of us here, we can get into a debate at the drop of a dime. <laughs> That's why we compiling all of this information because there may come a time where you got to body slam somebody with the scriptures. And we want to show you how to do that. We want to show you how to defend exactly what it is you believe in. No, without any shadow of a doubt, it can't be gainsayed. Now, we're at uh, Book of Jasher, chapter 57. We're reading 1 through 3. Verse 1. And it was after this that the sons of Esau waged war with the sons of Jacob. Here you go again. Esau always come after us. He's been doing this forever. He always fight his brother. He always fight his brother. Even after his death, his children would fight against us. So you're thinking that slavery is just some new thing with black and white people. No, it's not. This had to go back to Bible days. This was going on then because Esau had a problem with his younger brother because his brother got the blessing. We know. Read. Verse 1. And it was after this that the sons of Esau waged war with the sons of Jacob. And the sons of Esau fought with the sons of Jacob in Hebron. Now, this was during the Hyksos period. There was a time where the dreamer, Joseph, our brother, the father of the uh, Ephraimites, who are the modern day Puerto Ricans, he ruled, he dreamed and he ruled second in command in Egypt called the Hyksos period. This was before we were a people. He ruled for a time with his 12 brothers through having the dream and learning how to save the entire world through, you know, seven years famine, seven years of plenty, which they, they stocked up uh, seven years of food because there was a famine coming and the whole world came to Egypt in order to get that, you know, get those resources. And that's how Egypt actually became how great it did, because Joseph was there in prison telling mm -hmm. dreams. 
Therefore, Israel, which we weren't Israel at that time, we weren't a people yet, but we didn't have enough people to be a nation. But we lived and ruled in Egypt, called the Hyksos period. That was during this time. Joseph got a ring. A ring signified you could put a stamp on documents. So if he wrote a letter to say this was law, he would stamp it with his ring and it would be like the king did. He was second in command. So when you was the king, you got the ring. Read. And the sons of Esau fought with the sons of Jacob in Hebron. And Esau was still lying dead and not buried. To show you that they, they are fighting with, they didn't even bury Esau. Esau was dead at this time. His children are fighting with him at the battle. They're carrying his body around to show you how they just disrespected Esau. Even his children. It's a shame. Go ahead, brother. Verse 2. And the battle was heavy between them. And the sons of Esau were smitten before the sons of Jacob. And the sons of Jacob slew of the sons of Esau 80 men. And not one died of the people of the sons of Jacob. Remember it said that Jacob would be stronger than his older brother. See, and they, they remembered these times where they fought against Jacob and Jacob didn't lose a single soul. See, and see, they knew that. So now they got guns, they got vaccinations, they come with chemical warfare, they're coming with biological warfare, they're coming with psychology, they're coming with religion. Because they know they're not going to be able to just outstrengthen us. Read it again, brother. <clears throat> Verse 2. And the battle was heavy between them. And the sons of Esau were smitten before the sons of Jacob. And the sons of Jacob slew of the sons of Esau 80 men. And not one died of the people of the sons of Jacob. And the hand of Joseph prevailed over all the people of the sons of Esau. And he took Zepho, the son of Eliphaz, the son of Esau, and the 50 of his men captive. Read that again. <clears throat> And he took Zepho, the son of Eliphaz, the son of Esau, and 50 of his men captive. And he bound them with chains of iron and gave them into the hand of his servants to bring them to Egypt. So he had a hostage situation going. He kept Zepho because Zepho was uh, very gifted in war. So he wanted to keep Zepho. They kept Zepho hostage. And his men, after they fought the war, he kept him. Joseph kept Zepho and 50 of his men in Egypt. In servitude, in jail. The same way he was. Read. Verse 3. And it came to pass when the sons of Jacob had taken Zepho and his people captive. And all those that remained were greatly afraid of their lives from the house of Esau. So the rest of the Edomites that was there that wasn't captive, they became afraid because they saw that they just killed 80 of our men and none of them died. And they kept, and they, they, they captured their captain. Zepho was the captain. He was one of the most fierce... Um, he was fierce in warfare, and you're going to see that. He, you know, he paved the way for Alexander the Great. A lot of times, Alexander the Greek gets the, you know, he gets the shine. But if it wasn't for Zeppo, Alexander the Great wouldn't have been able to accomplish what he did. We're going to go into it. Verse 3. And it came to pass when the sons of Jacob had taken Zeppo and his people captive. All those that remained were greatly afraid of their lives from the house of Esau, lest they should also be taken captive. And they all fled with Eliphaz, the son of Esau, and his people, with Esau's body. And they went on their road to Mount Seir. So at that time, they fled back to Mount Seir. They took Esau's body and they headed back because it was, it was they felt like, see, at this time, we had our God. And when we had our God, they knew that we couldn't be touched. See, when they separated us from our God and following his laws, they knew they was going to be able to come get us. So through us following our laws, we, we're protected. And all nations knew that, just, not just Edomites. They knew if we can separate them from their God, we can go, to, we can go attack them and take them down. Because they're weak. Without their God, they're weak. Mm -hmm. they, they're feeble. 
So they know that. So once they get us to sin, the protection comes off of us, and then they come with the attack. They're very cunning. They're very cunning. And they do these things through generations. They pass things down to their children. We don't do that. We figure as much as we can do in our life. When they're not thinking that way, they're passing it down to generation to generation. Okay, this generation, we need you to do this part. The next generation, you push it here. Next generation, you push it further. See? They work together, and that's something we can learn. Is that, you know, it may not be something you can do in your lifetime, but you set your kids up with the same ideology that you had to push that. And, you know, we can be in a good case how they are. They thought of this stuff out hundreds of years ago, hundreds of years ago, when we couldn't even read. We wasn't even allowed to read. They was planning already. I'm going to show you today. Uh, read three again, brother, before we move on. Verse three. And it came to pass when the sons of Jacob had taken Zeppo and his people captive. All those that remained were greatly afraid of their lives from the house of Esau, lest they should also be taken captive. And they all fled with Eliphaz, the son of Esau, and his people with Esau's body, and they went on their road to Mount Seir. So they left them. They left Zepho. They didn't try to break them out. They figured, you know, we don't want to be captives too. We might as well go. We don't all need to be locked down. So we're going to show you when Zepho disapp- um, escaped, because he escaped Egypt, and we're going to go there in Jasher 60. Verse 1. He broke out. Zeppo was the key. Now this this time is um, about it's about 1912 BC, of course. This was around 1912 BC. Uh, this was during when Di- Jacob had a dynasty, when, when Joseph had a dynasty, the Hyksos period. We ruled Egypt, and that's why they knocked the noses off the Sphinx. Because they didn't want us to be able to identify that we were there. They knew we would wake up and start to track our history and they didn't want us to look there. Verse 1. And when the year came round, being the 72nd year from the Israelites going down to Egypt, after the death of Joseph, Zeppo, the son of Eliphaz, the son of Esau, fled from Egypt. He and his men, and they went away. So now they've escaped. Verse 2. And he came to Africa, which is... Din Haba. So they've, he fled into Sudan. This is where he went. To Angius, king of Africa. The Angius received, the Angius received them with great honor, and he made Zeppo the captain of his host. See, so Zeppo, see, Edomites never have a problem getting jobs. This man just broke out of jail, and then now he's the captain of the African armies. <laughs> See, <laughs> because they knew that Esau was good at hunting, and they knew that he was good at war. They knew that was his blessing. So they said, listen, you gonna be, you can rule the African armies. So now you have Zeppo, who's an Edomite or a Caucasian, ruling the African armies. So let's see what he does next. Read it again, brother. <clears throat> Verse 2. And he came to Africa, which is Dinhaba, to Angeus, king of Africa. And Angeus received them with great honor. And he made Zeppo the captain of his host. And Zeppo found favor in the sight of Angeus and in the sight of his people. And Zeppo was captain of the host to the Angeus king of Africa for many days. So now he has some type of authority now. You know what he's going to do with that authority. Let's see. <laughs> Verse 4. And Zeppo enticed Angeus king of Africa to collect all his armies to go and fight with the Egyptians. Read that again. And Zeppo enticed Angeus king of Africa to collect all his army to go fight with the Egyptians and with the sons of Jacob. And to avenge of them the cause of his brethren. See, so now he's in charge in Africa. And now he's telling the Africans, 
he's trying to, you know, hype their head up to say, you, we need to go to war with the Egyptians because who's there in Egypt? <laughs> we're there ruling in Egypt. He knew that we were there. We had just kept him captive. So now that he have escaped, now he wants to go back and fight not only Israel or the sons of Jacob at this time. He wants to fight the Egyptians too. See, because we were in good case with the Egyptians at this time. We were ruling. We were ruling. Read, read that again, brother. Verse 4. And Zeppo enticed Angeas, king of Africa, to collect all his armies <coughs> to go and fight with the Egyptians and with the sons of Jacob and to avenge of them the cause of his brethren. See, so here you go. He's trying to fight Jacob again. That's what he promised. That's what he promised, that he would take his brother Jacob out. And here he is going again. His son. This is his grandson. See? So Esau passed this down to his children. And it was one particular family, and that was Amalek, Eliphaz, who took up this banter. It wasn't all white people. It was a specific family. And we're going to go into that specific family today. Uh, read that scripture one more time, brother. Verse 4. And Zepho enticed Angeas, king of Africa, to collect all his armies to go and fight with the Egyptians and with the sons of Jacob, and to avenge of them the cause of his brethren. All right. Uh, read. But Angeas would not listen to Zepho to do this thing, for Angeas knew the strength of the sons of Jacob. Read that again. But Angeas would not listen to Zepho to do this thing, for Angeas knew the strength of the sons of Jacob. So he said, I'm not doing that, brother. I, listen, you just lost. And they got their God with it. See, at this time we had our God, so they knew that we couldn't be touched. He's like, I'm not dealing with that. I'm not dealing with that. See, so here he is in the background, sicing this thing up. See, so whole time, while you think the government is just <laughs> trying to make the government go right, they're plotting your demise <laughs> behind closed doors. Read it again, brother. Verse 5. But Angeas would not listen to Zepho to do this thing. For Angeas knew the strength of the sons of Jacob and what they had done to his armies in their warfare with the children of Esau. So he's like, brother, they just slayed 80 of your men and didn't die anybody. I'm not going to war with them. Because Esau was known for war. So if we could beat them like that, that had everybody step back. Like, okay, hold on. If they took out Esau like that and none of them died at all, then I'm not putting my army through that. Right. I'm not dealing with that right now. See? So when we had our God, it was known that there was no way that we were going to be touched. But as we started to fall off and start worshiping other days or other gods, uh, eating the wrong foods, that protection was taken off of us and they came shortly after that to attack us and take us down through the desolation of abomination. Um, we're going to read verse 6. Verse 6. And Zepho was in those days very great in the sight of Angeas and in the sight of all his people. And he continually enticed them to make war against Egypt, but they would not. See, so he continued <laughs> throughout the years. He was still continuing. He was doing everything he could do to get these people to go against the Egyptians who we were in Egypt at that time. It really wasn't the Egyptians that he was angry with. It was us that he was angry with. It was Jacob. See? This is Esau. This is this is the Jewish powers. This wasn't just any Edomites. This was the Jewish people. This was Amalek. This was Eliphaz. This was these people. The ones who don't believe in Christ. The ones in the synagogue. They've been planning this for quite some time. And they're, they're just following the plan. They're just following the the schematics, the blueprint. They've been doing the same thing over and over and over. And now they're not just coming after Jacob. They're coming after everybody. If you're not Jewish, then they don't look at you. They look at you as cattle. That's how they look at you. They call you Goyim. 
That's what they call Gentiles or non-Jewish people. See? The, in their book, the Talmud, it says that it's lawful for them to lie to Gentiles. That means it's right to lie. So that's why they're always lying. Christ called him the father of lies because it's right for them to lie. It's not a law. It's unlaw. It's lawful for them to kill a Gentile. It's okay. There's Gentile. You're not Jewish. This is what it says in their book, the Talmud. You can look this up yourself. This is the Jewish people. Talmud. T-A-L-M-U-D. Talmud. That's their book that they use. They don't even deal with the Bible. They deal with their own book called the Talmud. Blasphemous book. Um, we're going to read six again, and then we're going to move on. Verse six. And Zeppo was in those days very great in the sight of Angeus and in the sight of all his people. And he continually enticed them to make war against Egypt, but they would not. Right. So he was trying to entice the Africans to go against us. And of course, to no avail, because we had our God, they wouldn't even go against us. So we're going to show you where Zeppo went after that, because since he couldn't entice that fight, he went somewhere else and tried to do it. Now we're going to go to Zeppo is the key. Now Zeppo, you're going to remember that name after tonight. We're going to go to Jasher um, 61 and we're going to read. We're going to read uh, 12 and 13. Verse 12. And when Zeppo, the son of Eliphaz, saw the Angeas despaired of going forth to battle with the Egyptians, Zeppo fled from Angeas from Africa. Read that again. <clears throat> And when Zeppo, the son of Eliphaz, saw that Angeas despaired of going forth to battle with the Egyptians, Zeppo fled from Angeas from Africa. And he went and he went and came unto Chittim. Now we know that Chittim is Cyprus or Greece. So now this is when Esau went into Greece. See? This was his first time in Greece. So he's not in Greece as Europe now, today. So he's not the European. Edomites are not Europeans. They have the land of Europe now, but actually the Asians were in Europe until the, the Edomites, you know, warred against them and took them down and pushed them all the way into China and all of that. See? So this was the first time Esau went into Europe. Read that part again, brother. <clears throat> Zeppo fled from Angeas from Africa, and he went and came unto Chittim. And all the people of Chittim received him with great honor, and they hired him to fight their battles all the days. And Zeppo became exceedingly rich in those days. Read that again. <clears throat> and all the people of Chittim received him with great honor. And they hired him to go fight their battles all the days. Here goes Zeppo again. He got another job as the head of the army again. Now for the Asians. Notice that all the people that gave him jobs, he warred against them right after that. To show you that you can't trust Jewish people. Even when you're helping them out, they're going to turn that around on you. Read that scripture from the top, brother. Verse 13, and all the people of Chittim received him with great honor, and they hired him to fight their battles all the days. And Zeppo became exceedingly rich in those days. See, this is where they got their money. We all know that the, the Jewish people are own all the, uh, the networking conglomerates, all the banks. That's them. They own it, the football team, the basketball team. This is where they started accumulating their money. Read. And the troops of the king of Africa still spread themselves in those days. And the children, children of Chittim assembled and went to Mount Coptizia on account of the troops of Angeas, king of Africa, right. who were advancing upon them. All right. So now he's going to try to get the Greeks, Greece, to go against the Egyptians. 
Now he's fled somewhere else, and this proves to you that he was such a great, uh, he was such a great um, general. He was such a great, uh, he had such great knowledge of warfare that everywhere he went, these people made him <laughs> the head of their army to show you that nobody know warfare like Edom. Nobody know warfare, physical warfare like Edomites. It you you won't find it. See. So there's got to be something else. You're not going to be able to war against these people with your fist. You're going to have to use your mind. You're going to have to use your God. That's the only way to come out on top of this. Uh, you left off on 13, right, brother? Uh, ended 13. I'm on 14. Okay. Uh, we actually wanted to just show you how they fled into Greece. Um, let's go to Jasher 61 and 24 because we want to uh, actually 63. I'm sorry. In 6314. Hmm. Alright. Verse 14. And then Jesus sent Lucas, his brother, saying, Come to me with all thy men and help me to smite Zeppo so, and all the children of Chittim. So now the Africans and the Greeks are getting ready to go at it. So remember, Angeus was in charge where Zeppo was there trying to get Angeus to go against Israel. See, so now he's in Chittim and he's like, now I'm going to go against you since you didn't want to help me out. See, <laughs> read that again, brother. Verse 14. And Angeus sent to, sent to Lucas... His brother saying, come to me with all thy men and help me to smite Zeppo and all the children of Chittim who have destroyed my men. And Lucas came with his whole army, a very great force to assist Angeas, his brother, to fight with Zeppo and the children of Chittim. Now it's saying Zeppo and the children of Chittim because Zeppo was an Edomite, but the army he was controlling was Asians. So he was in charge. Mm. They've always been in charge. Everywhere they've went, they've been in charge. And that's why they just assumed the position naturally. See? To all nations. All nations look at them as authority for some reason. Uh, read. Verse 15. And Zeppo and the children of Chittim heard this thing, and they were greatly afraid, and a, and a great terror fell upon their hearts. Right. So, <clears throat> they Zeppo heard what was getting ready to happen. All of these Africans are getting ready to come war against us, and they started to call for backup. Now, we're going to show you. Um, let's show you. Let's show you where they went into Rome, because a lot of people don't know that Rome is actually in Asia. It's part of Asia. Now, it's they call it Europe, but they weren't the original Romans either. That's the thing. So we're going to show you that they have now went into Africa. They've went into Greece, and now they're going into Rome. See? And this is how they keep calling themselves different names. They moved to America, and now they're not Netherlands or Switzerland. They're American now. See, this is how they hide themselves. Now they're calling themselves the Greeks because they're in Chittim. See, so watch this. Uh, Jasher 61 and 24. Verse 24. And the children of Chittim saw the valor of Zeppo. And the children of Chittim resolved and they made Zeppo king over them. And he became king over them. And whilst he reigned, they went to subdue the children of Tubal and all the surrounding islands. Right. So now 
they have made, the Asians have now made an Edomite or a Jewish man the king mm-hmm. over them. Look at what's going on here. Mm. See, they worship warfare. They love violence. Read it again, brother. Verse 24. And the children of Chittim saw the valor of Zeppo, and the children of Chittim resolved, and they made Zeppo king over them. And he became king over them, and while he reigned, they went to subdue the children of Tubal and all the surrounding islands. Now, we know Tubal is um, Armenia, like around that Russia area. And that's why I don't want you to think that Russia is against America, because they're not. They're the same people. <laughs> they're the brothers. See, you have... Esau have different factions. He have the priesthood, which is Amalek, or the Jewish people. He have the wise men, which are the technological ingenuity. Um, that's Germany. And then he have his, uh, like his mafia, his strong arm, which is the Russians. You notice that Russia just, they, the Russians just run all over America, do whatever they want to do, sell drugs, prostitution, all of that. See, they're the strong arm of Esau. Then, I actually seen a doc. Sorry, I actually seen a documentary about like Russian mafia and all mm-hmm. that. Yeah, cool. they're the mafia of, of Esau. So all of these people are together. They're playing as if they're against each other. That's on purpose. So don't ever think that Russia and America are against each other. They're not. They're using the same symbols. They went into space together. Space station Mir. They're working together. They want you to believe that they're going against each other. So you look there when really it's Esau and Esau. See, uh, read that again, brother. Verse 24. Oh, one second. Also, I wanted to say you have the royalty also of Esau, which are the dukes. And you can read that in Genesis 11 over there in Great Britain. So you have the strong arm. You have the mafia. You have the sorcerers or the priests, which is the, the Jewish people today. They have all of what they need in different areas. They're compartmentalized. So this is how they work together to destroy all of us. And this is how they've captured the world. Go ahead, brother. Verse 24. And the children of Chittim saw the valor of Zeppo, and the children of Chittim resolved, and they made Zeppo king over them. And he became king over them, and while he reigned, they went to subdue the children of Tubal and all the surrounding islands. And their king Zeppo went at their head, and they made war with Tubal and the islands, and they subdued them. And when they returned from the battle, they renewed his government for him, and they built for him a very large palace. For his royal habitation and seat. And they made a large throne for him. And Zeppo reigned over the whole land of Chittim. And over the land of Italia 50 years. Read that last part. And and Zeppo reigned over the whole land of Chittim. And over the land of Italia 50 years. We know that Italia is Italy. We know that's where Rome is. See. So they weren't even the original Romans. See. This is how they mask themselves. They go take over a land. Then claim they're the people of the land. See. So this is when they went into Rome. They're not the Romans either. They're not Europeans. But they're hiding themselves. This is what the Jewish people do. They change their names. See? This is what they do. This is how they hide themselves so you don't know who's at fault. They would have us believe that this was just regular white Christians that had the slave trade. And I'm here to tell you that. I can show you. There's a book that you all should grab. The people that had the ports, the people who were selling the slaves were actually the Jewish people. It was a specific white person. They had the ports. They had the ships. This wasn't regular white people that had this money. There's a book called The Chosen People from the Caucus. I'm not even going to go into the book, but just look at the front. It's by Michael Bradley. It says, Jewish origins, delusions, deceptions, and historical role in the slave trade, genocide, and cultural colonization. So they would have you believe this was just regular Christians when this wasn't regular Christians. 
This was Jewish people. And they had it to the point where you could rent a slave for a month. If you just had one, you know, one part of your land that needed to be plowed, you could just rent a slave for a week. He had this. He was renting them like a rent a car. See, so even if you couldn't afford them, you could rent a slave. This was Jewish people. The majority of their money come from the slave trade. This wasn't regular white people. And now we're going to identify them. This is what we're doing today. We're identifying. Uh, read 25 again, brother. Verse 25. And their king Zepho went at their head, and they made war with Tubal and the islands. And they subdued them. And when they returned from the battle, they renewed his government for him. And they built for him a very large palace for his royal habitation and seat. And they made a large throne for him. And Zepho reigned over the whole land of Chittim and over the land of Italia 50 years. So no matter who you are, Jew or Gentile, Edomite, Hamite, Shemite, you should really examine before you help Amalek out or you help the Jewish people out in any way. Because they have a disdain for God and God's people. Everything they teach and talk about is to disprove God. So I would suggest they'll pay you handsomely because that's how they get people to... Um, take on their evil. It's not that people are scared of the Jewish people, but they're being paid by the Jewish people. You would think that the NAACP is what? It's ran by black people, right? Jewish people started the NAACP. See? What they do is they fund demise. They'll set you up to go do something in the neighborhood, and then they'll sit back and watch. Like, yeah, go ahead, blame them white people. When the whole time they're funding it. They're the ones funding it the whole time. They'll set you up. Therefore, we're looking at you as if you're the problem when really it's the person funding you. Who do you think it was that gave Judas the 30 pieces? That was the same people. That was Eliphaz. That was the Amalek. That was the Jewish people. They will always pay you for genocide. They will pay you. Let's go to uh, Jasher 36 and 27. Look at how much they've done to hide themselves. Through, their, through them doing all of this, there's a reason why they're trying to hide themselves. Because if you knew who they were, then you wouldn't help them. So they had to mask who they were. They were always known in this history as, you know, the serpent people. Satan's seed. The people who did Satan's work. They were always known as that. That's why they keep changing their identity. Okay, I'm Greek now. Oh, okay, now I'm Roman. No, you're not, brother. You're Nidamite. You're from Mount Seir. And you keep changing your name. Oh, now I'm a Jew now. See? So they go into a land. Now they're claiming to be the Jews because they live in Judea. <laughs> no, you're not the Jews. No matter where you're at. This is what they do. See? And Satan really didn't want this lesson tonight. He had my power go out and everything. We, we didn't have to jerry-rig something just to broadcast this lesson because we're putting a magnifying glass on the son of perdition. He's been doing a lot of ducking and hiding and trying to trick us into believing he's somebody that he isn't. We're going to pull that veil off tonight. Jasher 36 and 27. Verse 27. And the children of Lotan were Hori, Heman, and their sister Timnah. That is Timnah who came to Jacob and his sons. And they would not give ear to her. And she went and became a concubine to Eliphaz, the son of Esau. And she bare to him Amalek. Amalek. That's the father of the Jewish people. Amalek. You got to remember that. Amalek is the Jewish people. So when you speak to a Jewish person or a rabbi, you let them know. I know exactly who you are. You're Amalek. You're Amalek. 
See, because when you tell them that, that means that you're studied. Because people don't know about Amalek. They don't teach you this in church. They would never teach you who Amalek is. Because Amalek is the one teaching you. <laughs> He's teaching the person who's teaching you. See, he always have a uh, he have institutions to hide himself. So he'll fund the schools to to make sure that what's being taught is what he wants to teach. The enemy of God. That's why they're teaching evolution. That's why they're teaching Big Bang. Everything they teach is against God. Everything. See? These were the same people. Did you ever notice that during World War II, I think it was what, 1939 to 45, or even before that, World War I, that they were showing you moving pictures of the war and everybody was being destroyed except for the person holding the camera. That wasn't weird. They were showing us video of people war destroying, but the only person that was safe was the person with the camera. See, that that's odd. They've always shown this propaganda. See, they had to show you that what was going on in World War II. Therefore, you could say, those are the Jews. They went through a Holocaust when it wasn't going on like that. There was a lot of people that died in the Hol- in World War II. It wasn't just those German people who were claiming to be Jews who aren't. They know who they are. It doesn't even make sense. If six million people, they claim six million people died. Now, if I see my sister or my brother walk in that building and they don't come out, I'm not walking in that building. So I don't understand how they want us to believe that people were just walking into the fire. They were walking into the ovens knowing they was going to die. Like, nah, doesn't make any sense. They had these so-called wars on camera, on TV, but the person holding the camera was fine. I always wondered that. I always wondered that. How is that? Do they have like a pact that say like, okay, kill everybody, but the person with the camera, leave him alone. <laughs> Think about that when you start to see those old war clips. How was this going on? How, how? That was them. They came up with the moving pictures. There was no such thing as moving pictures. That's why they run Hollywood. Yeah. See? Hollywood. We know that Hollywood is the wood that witches make, that you, the wood that witches use to make their wands. That's Hollywood. To cast a spell. That's what Hollywood does. See? They show us the movies and sculpt how we view things. That's what they do. Uh, what scripture did we leave off on? 27. I just finished. All right. So we just wanted to show you Amalek. Now we're going to go back into Jasher 81. Amalek. That's the Jewish people. Eliphaz. So we're pinning them down to show you everywhere that they travel. So they can't hide because they will tell you that they're not Esau or they're not the Edomites. They're they're Japheth or they're Greek. There's a reason why they don't want you to know who they are. They will not identify themselves as Esau. You can ask them who everybody else is in the world and they'll tell you. But when it comes to Esau, I don't know who that is. Them people died. (laughs) They can tell us that we're Hamites. They'll they'll go to Ham in a minute. When you need something, they'll tell you right away that you're Ham. They know who that is, right? But when you say who's Esau, they, nobody know. Well, we don't know who that is. I think, I don't know. They probably died off or something. <laughs> died off? Oh, no. Nah, you're Esau, buddy. <laughs> See? Could it be that it's you? <laughs> Let's go to uh, Jasher 81 and 52. No. Talking about Amalek, the, the Jewish people here. Verse 52. And when the children of Israel were in Repidim, Amalek, the son of Eliphaz, the son of Esau, the brother of Zeppo, came to fight with Israel. Zeppo, remember? Zeppo, read that again. 
And when the children of Israel were in Repidim, Amalek, the son of Eliphaz, the son of Esau, the brother of Zepho, came to fight with Israel. So, see, so they was fighting with Israel again. <laughs> see, they just stalk us. A lot of times we would just be traveling. And, of course, when we traveled in our caravans, the men were up front fighting. The women and children were in the back. They would come around the back and then slaughter the women and children. This is what they would do. They would just be picking with us. We would be minding our own business, and Esau would come do something to us. This is what he always have done. And it's this particular family, Eliphaz, Amalek, the Jewish people who are really the ones um, who are leading the charge. They're leading the charge. See, we are identifying them. Uh, go ahead, brother. Verse 53, and he, and he brought with him 801,000 men, magicians and conjurers, and he prepared for battle with Israel and Repidim. See, so they were using sorcery back then. They were trying to use sorcery to take us down. Verse, verse 54, and they carried on a great and severe battle against Israel, and the Lord delivered Amalek and his people into the hands of Moses and the children of Israel. And into the hand of Joshua, the son of Nun, that the Ephrathite, the Ephrathite, the servant of Moses. Right. So he delivered. We warred against Amalek or the Jewish people when we took them down. Read verse 55. And the children of Israel smote Amalek and his people at the edge of the sword. But the battle was very sore upon the children of Israel. So we took them down. But it was it was a a lot of us was hurt. This was a this battle was. This one was um, this one was a hard battle for us against Amalek because they were using sorcery too. They weren't just coming at us physically. They were using other things also. Read. 56. And the Lord said to Moses, write this thing as a memorial for thee in a book. Write this thing, Moses, for a memorial, meaning don't ever forget what I'm getting ready to tell you. <clears throat> and place it in the hand of Joshua, the son of Nun, thy servant. And thou shalt command the children of Israel, saying... When thou shalt come to the land of Canaan, thou shalt utterly efface the remembrance of Amalek from under heaven. So he told us to wipe them out completely. See, and this is why they don't want you reading the old, <laughs> the older books. This is like an Old Testament um, writing, an apocryphal book. See, and the Most High was a serious person back then. So he told us to kill them all, smote them all, because he knew that there was something in Eliphaz, not all Edomites, but the Jewish people there's something in them to want to kill God's people. And they would, they're doing it today. So even from then, they would always have a hatred for God and his people. So the Most High knew that. So he told our people, you need to take them down and destroy them utterly. Destroy them utterly. And he said, make a memorial. That means give it to Joshua. So all the prophets know and all the kings always remember that these people need to be taken down. And of course they weren't. And look at what's going on now. Now they got our... They got our identity and our land because we didn't follow what the Most High said do. Read, brother. 57. And Moses did so, and he took the book and wrote upon it these words, saying, Remember what Amalek has done to thee in the road when thou wentst forth from Egypt. Right. Read. Who met thee in the road and smote thy rear, even those that were feeble behind behind thee when thou was faint and weary. See, so when we were traveling, we said earlier that the men would be in the front protecting and fighting making the way and the women and children would be in the back as we traveled and he knew that he would come right to the rear and start smoting and killing women and children this is what he would do see he knew war so he knew how to attack see 
killing children and women. This is why the Most High said that you need to you need to examine yourself if you're thinking about learning anything from a Jewish person, doing anything for a Jewish person, because there's a judgment coming to them. And if you're with them, you're going to be judged too. Read, brother. Verse 60. Therefore it shall be when the Lord thy God shall have given thee rest from all thine enemies round about the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee for an inheritance to possess it, that thou shalt blot out the remembrance of Amalek from under heaven, thou shalt not forget it. See, so we should blot out the remembrance of Amalek. We were supposed to utterly destroy these people. Utterly destroy them. And of course we didn't. Of course we didn't because our people don't never listen. Ever listen. The Most High said, take them all down. Saul took all of them down except for the king. And then that king went and had more children to kill us again. See? So the Most High told us to utterly destroy them and their cattle. Don't take anything from them. And Saul, he destroyed everybody except for the king. And then he kept the cattle. See? So he, he didn't follow the Most High. Read. 61. And the king who shall have pity on Amalek or upon his memory or upon his seed... Behold, I will require it of him, and I will cut him off from amongst his people. Now, about um, around 100 B.C., um, Antipas, they set up, the Romans set up an Idumean. They set up, um, they went into our Sanhedrin. Our Sanhedrin was like our government. And they started putting Idumeans or Edomites in charge, claiming to be Jews. So when you're seeing Pharisees a lot of the time in the New Testament, it's actually Edomites. It's actually not even black people. They only left two black men in those positions, everybody else was Idumean. Harad was the first Idumean ruler or Edomite ruler. So now they have infiltrated our church and now they're the priests. Now they're telling us what to do because we did not smoke these people. They are now still in our identity. That's why Christ said, you are the father, you are your father, the devil. He told them straight to their face. And that's why they have a problem with Christ. Because a lot of the what you don't know is that a lot of the Jewish people, they are the family that actually laid down with the fallen angels. So they have half Nephilim blood, not half, but they have a percentage of Nephilim blood. See, so that's why I said you, you are of your father, the devil, because he knew their father was fallen angel. A lot of them. See, this is what was going to the heads of them. Not every Jewish person today, but the hierarchy of their people have the blood from the fallen angels that is spoken about in Genesis. Uh, read, brother. Read that scripture again. Verse 61. And the king who shall have pity on Amalek or upon his memory or upon his seed. Behold, I will require it of him, and I will cut him off from amongst his people. All right, now go to Numbers. We're going back into the Bible. We're going to Numbers 24 and 20. To show you more about Amalek. (coughs) Numbers 24 and 20. Always remember Amalek, Eliphaz, Zeppo. That's the same family. Edomites. Numbers 24 verse 20. And when he looked on Amalek, he took up his parable and said, Amalek was the first of the nations, but his latter end shall be the be that he perished forever. So he would be the first. When you look up that word first in the Hebrew, it says chief. So they would be the chief of all nations. How would they be the chief? Through money. They lead the UN. They lead the United Nations. They got all the cash. The Rothschilds, the Rockefellers, the DuPonts. These are Amalek. See, so they would get everybody, all nations to follow them through money. They would pay you. They always will pay you. They will pay you. See, so if you can be bought, then they're going to buy you. 
See, so you got to be worth something more than cash because there's an agenda behind it. You know, I heard of that family, the uh, DuPonts. Mm-hmm. You know how I heard of them, though? Um, I was watching this movie on a plane with Channing Tatum. It was called uh, The Fox Catcher. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and this guy, uh, I guess he was one of the DuPonts because he was like a really rich man and all mm-hmm. that stuff. And then he actually ended up killing his brother. Mm. And he didn't... Like, get time. They said, oh, yeah, he was insane and all that, you know? Yeah. It was crazy. He was definitely Jewish. <laughs> and then I looked up that family, and I was like, oh, they're real, they're rich. Yeah. Yeah. Stone. Yeah. They're, Elif- they're uh, Eliphaz. They're Amalek. They're Jewish. A lot of them changed their names, too. A lot of y'all don't even notice. Our president is Jewish. Donald Trump is Jewish. I seen a picture of that today. He was... Yeah. Uh, he had like the little yarmulke. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then his wife and him over here touching a wall. And yep. What was that wall for? That's where they worship Satan at in that wall. Really? Mm-hmm. Like 32, 33 degrees high Freemason too? Yeah. And he's a high a high Mason. His name is not even Trump. His name, if you actually look up his name, it's Drumpf. D-R-U-M-F. He changed his name. That's not his name. Just like Barack Obama's name is not Barack Obama. His name is Barry Zator. These people are making up fictitious names. You can look this up. These are not these people's names. They are changing their names. Wait, what was his name again? Barry Satora. That's Barack Obama's real name. You can check that out. Um, we're gonna we're gonna read twenty again. Numbers twenty four and twenty again. Numbers twenty four verse twenty. And when he looked on Amalek, he took up his parable and said, Amalek was the first of the nations, but his latter end shall be that he perished forever. See, so we had to point out Amalek because it's not the French that's claiming to be the Jews. It's Amalek. It's them that's actually claiming to be us. It's not the French. It's not all the other Edomites. It's them in specific. See? So now we know who they are. We never go to them and learn. Because I know brothers in the early 80s, um, you know, early 90s, who was actually going to Jewish people to learn about Torah. They still thought that they were the people. And then they came to the understanding through learning from them that, hold on, this is us. This is us, but we would I, I would never learn anything from them. I'm not going to them for anything at all. See? We got to teach our kids this history because the Jewish kids don't go to your school, do they? See, they got their own school, the Harry Potter school where they're learning all types of sorcery. You see them walking in all black going up in those places. This is real. They're not learning the things that you're learning. Our kids are learning in the schools, which is nothing. <laughs> they're learning how to rule the world. That's what they're learning. Let's go to Exodus 17 and 14. See, they have hid themselves. They have done a lot to hide themselves. Now we've had to track them down. They never thought that the children of Israel would be able to track them like this. They never thought we would. We could. And we didn't track them from Africa, from Mount Seir to Africa to Chittim. Now we see they are in Rome now. See, all the same people claiming 20 different identities. See? Exodus um, 17 and 14. Verse 14. And the Lord said unto Moses, Write this for a memorial in a book, and rehearse it in the ears of Joshua. For I will utterly put out the remembrance of Amalek from under heaven. Right. So this was that same memorial that we were supposed to make. That the Jewish people, they are, as the Bible says, Revelations 2 and 9, the synagogue of Satan, those who say they are Jews and are not. That's Amalek. They say that they're Jews, but they're not. Their actions show that they're not. Their actions prove that they're not. Their words condemn themselves. They're not the people. Now we're gonna go to um, we're gonna go to Esther. 
Now, the story of Esther, because we want to show you how they hide themselves again. They have hid themselves and picked up another name. <laughs> now, this is around four, 453 B.C., the story of Esther. Uh, let's see. Let's go there. Oh, excuse me. Esther 3, and we're going to read verse 1 to show you. This story, a lot of us know this story, but it doesn't make sense unless you know who this actually is, who's hiding himself again. This is around uh, the Persian Medo Empire rule. This is four, uh, about 450 BC, 453 BC. Esther 3, verse 1. After these things did King Ahasuerus, yeah, Ahasuerus. Ahasuerus promote Haman, the son of Hamadatha, the Agagite. Read that again. After these things, did King Ahasuerus promote Haman, the son of Hamadatha, the Haggagite, and advanced him, and set him ab- and set his seat above all the princes that were with him. All right, so the king of Persia at this time, or Macedonia, which is now Greece, also, um, he promoted Haman, the son of a, the son of Hamadatha, an Agagite. Now, who are the Agagites? You'll never believe who the Agagites are. Let's show you. Let's go to the Hebrew word. We're going to go to the Hebrew word for Agagite. We're going to go to that same scripture in the uh, Strong's Concordance. That scripture is Esther 3 and 1. And let's show you who the Agagite is. Because this story doesn't make sense unless you know who they are. Read that again, brother. Verse 1. After these things that King Ahasuerus promote Haman, the son of Hamadatha, the Agagite. Now let's, a, excuse me. Now let's show you Agagite. That word is H91, Hebrew H91. Now, when you get that, it says, it says Agagite, uh, said of Haman, Haman the Agagite. But when you go to the etymology, the the origin of it, it links you to H90. Who is H90? Agagite, king of Amalek. See. So now he's calling himself an Agagite. This is an Edomite, though. See? So you now this story will make sense to you because once you see this story and the hatred that this man had for us, you wouldn't understand it unless you know this was an Idumian. This was an Edomite. This was a Jewish man. See? Agagite. When it says Agag, king of Amalek, sparred, spared by Saul, but slain by Samuel. See? Saul, king Saul, spared this brother. Haman. And now he's about to be in charge to persecute us. To show you that the Agagite was Amalek. So they keep hiding themselves and we're going to follow them every time. We're going to follow them every time. See, they never thought that we would be able to do this. And only through, you know, only through the power of the Most High and leading us could we follow this and be able to, you know, put a magnifying glass on who they are. We know who you are. And we're never going to forget again. We're going back to Esther 3 and 1. Verse 1. After these things did King Ahasuerus promote Haman, the son of Hamadatha, the Agagite, and advanced him, and set his seat above all the princes that were with him. Now, here we go. He's an Agagite, which means he's uh, the head of Esau's nations. This is Amalek. We know Amalek is the, the, the head of Esau. He's in charge of all the... He's the head, the first, the chief of all Edomites. See? So this was a, this is another brother. Now he's in charge. He's second in command somehow. Esau always find a way to be second in command. Read. Verse 2. And all the king's servants that were in the king's gate bowed and reverenced Haman. 
for the king had so commanded concerning him. But Mordecai bowed not, nor did him reverence. You see, so all all the people throughout all nations would bow down to Haman, but the Jews they don't do that because that's against our law, and it's sort of like what's going on now with that uh, that that flag protest. See. We've never followed what we know to be idolatry, and they have a problem with us not following their idolatry. They had a problem then that we wouldn't bow. All nations had to bow to this king. That was the law. They're in Persian Medo rule. Jews didn't do it. Mordecai was a Jew. He said, I'm not, I'm not bowing <laughs> to you. My laws say I can't bow down to another man or to a god. See? So that's what the problem is with us. We are supposed to be different. See? I know it sometimes, it you know, it makes you stick out like a sore thumb. But this is what it is in history. We are the only people that actually follow what the Most High say do. Not spending money on the Sabbath. That's a, that's an Israelite thing. And for people who actually want to follow the Bible, you know, most even Christians are spending money on the Sabbath. See? So this is what separates you from the rest of the world. This is what makes you special. See? This is what makes you special. Read. <clears throat> Verse 4. Actually, verse 3. No, read 2 again, brother. <clears throat> Esther 3, verse 2. And all the king's <laughs> servants that were in the king's gates bowed and reverenced Haman. For the king had so commanded concerning him. But Mordecai bowed not, nor did him reverence. Right. <laughs> then the king's servants, which were in the king's gate, said unto Mordecai, Why transgresseth thou the king's commandment? Right. So now he's like, why are you not bowing down? <laughs> See? Same way they're trying to make us stand for this flag. They want us to pledge allegiance to the flag. Like, whoa, that's a lot now. Pledge allegiance to a flag? That's idolatry, straight up. That's straight up idolatry. I pledge allegiance to God, to my family. That's who I pledge allegiance to. Verse 4. Now it came to pass when they spake daily unto him, and he hearkened not unto them, that they told Haman to see whether Mordecai's matters would stand. For he had told them that he was a Jew. See? <laughs> so it was already known that the Jews don't follow those laws. We, we're dealing with a completely different law. That's what made us special. You want to be like everybody, then you'll be under everybody. See? So this is what actually made us special. We don't celebrate holidays. I, some of us feel left out about that. I, I personally don't feel left out. I know that's what makes me special. And I know I'm going to be stacking when that holiday time come up. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm telling my job, look, I could work on holidays. I, any holiday you need, Christmas, yeah. any, any day, I'm there. <laughs> I work. My nephew actually brought up Christmas, so he was like, are you going to give me anything for Christmas? I was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> you saving your money on Christmas, man. <laughs> he said it like so nicely, yeah. you know, to where like he kind of made me want to feel that. And I was like, no. Yeah. <laughs> now, we can get you something on a different day, buddy. Yeah, you know, we're just not going <laughs> to yeah. worship the devil, you know. That's all. Uh, read, brother. Verse 5. And when Haman saw that Mordecai bowed not, nor did him reverence, then was Haman full of wrath. See, so Haman already knew that we wasn't going to bow because he he's our brother, Esau. So he knew that the Jews was going to be a problem. See? So Haman is an Edomite now. Remember this. You wouldn't understand what's going on if you didn't know that Haman was an Edomite. Read. Verse 6. And he thought scorn to lay hands on Mordecai alone. Read that again. And he thought scorn to lay hands on Mordecai alone. So because I won't pledge allegiance, you want to hurt me. <laughs> See? They want to make sure that God's people worship the devil. See? They, they actually want us. It's more so not even the other nations. They want us to do it. That's why when you see the Christmas commercials, it's always us in it. That's why when you see the holiday commercials, it's always us in it. Because they want to show you 
your people, supposed to be the Jews, celebrating Satan. See? It's to mock the Most High. That's why they're using us to do this. See? Go ahead, brother. Verse 6. And he thought scorn to lay hands on Mordecai alone, for they had showed him the people of Mordecai. Wherefore Haman sought to destroy all the Jews that were throughout the whole kingdom of Ahasuerus. Even the people of Mordecai. So hold on. Now Haman is looking to destroy all of us. All of the Jews now. We've done nothing to this man. <laughs> See? See how it's just a constant attack? We've done nothing to this brother. And now he's not only trying to kill Mordecai. He's trying to kill all the Jews. That means all the Negroes. I kill them all. See? So while you think that your government is just planning ways for the government to run smoothly behind closed doors... <laughs> They're planning your genocide and destruction. See? Even if you don't know who you are, because they know who you are. This was an Agagite, Amalek, the king. See? Read. Verse 7. In the first month, that is, the month Nisan, in the twelfth year of King Ahasuerus, they cast pure. That is, the lot before Haman for day to day, and from month to month to the twelfth month. That is the month of Adar. To prove to you that they were doing census because he he needed to know. They wanted to know how many of us it was so they could know how much, you know, artillery, how many people they would need to destroy us to prove to you that we shouldn't be taking census. They've always tried to get come to the ghettos and try to get a census to say, oh, well, we're just trying to, you know, help the impoverished neighborhoods. You know, we just need to know how many of you it is. Yeah, they're trying to figure out how many to kill. Mm. See, this is what Satan does. He's not coming into your neck. When have they come into the ghetto and helped us with anything? No. Other than Planned Parenthood. Shots. See? Shots. That's the only thing they help us out with. So when they're taking those senses, they're really trying to get a number on you. Because why? The Most High said that Israel's like the sand of the sea. Which means it's a lot of us. And they know that. And if they try to come get us too early, then the rest of us will revolt. And it's too many of us. See? Read. Verse 8. And Haman said unto King Ahasuerus, there is a certain people scattered abroad and dispersed among the people in all the provinces of thy kingdom. And their laws are diverse from all people. Neither keep they the king's laws. Therefore, it is not for the king's prophet to suffer them. See, so it was proof. They knew where we was at because they took a census, right? And it says their laws are diverse because we have laws that are just cultural laws. You know what I'm saying? It's not a governmental law. We follow laws that have nothing to do with government. Government don't say we can't celebrate Christmas. That's our culture. Government don't say we can't do the Sabbath. That's just our culture. See? That, that, that's not us. This is what makes us special. Read, read that again, brother. Verse 8. And Haman said unto King Ahasuerus, There is a certain people scattered abroad and dispersed among the people in all thy provinces of thy kingdom. And their laws are diverse from all people. Neither keep they the king's laws. Therefore, it is not for the king's prophet to suffer. See, so now Haman is telling him because the Jews are his brother. Listen, it's not going to profit you to let these people follow their own laws. See, because they knew if we followed our God, they couldn't do anything to us. So he said, it's not going to profit you. If you're the king, make them follow your laws. See, so they actually they actually behind closed doors plotting on how to get us to break God's law. See, you wouldn't understand this if you didn't know this was the Jewish people right here. This was Amalek, the Agagite. Switching his name again. <laughs> Trying to hide himself. See? Here they go. Read, brother. Verse 9. 
If it please the king, let it be written that they may be destroyed. Hold on. Read that again. If it please the king, let it be written that they be destroyed. And I will pay 10,000 talents of silver to to the hands of those that have the charge of the business. Hold on. Now they're like, listen, I'm going to pay the person to kill these Jews. See? Why you think that the government is just... I don't know what you think the government is doing. This is what the government is doing behind closed doors. Now, at this time, we had no clue that these people were coming to take us down. We had no clue that this was going on. The same way we have no clue now. See? That's you, right, right? Like, they're just uh, paying them with all, like, yeah. dirty words. See? Because they always got the money. They will always pay you, brothers. See? Pay you to destroy your own people. Like, uh, they pay Judas to turn on Christ. Yeah. There's always some cash for you if, you if that's what you're looking for. Read it again, brother. Verse 9. If it please the king, let it be written that they may be destroyed. And I will pay 10,000 talents of silver to the hands of those that have the charge of the, the business to bring it into the king's treasury. So he said, look, I'll pay out of my pocket. <laughs> He's he going to pay out his own pocket. See, this is what's going on. See, you would never understand unless you knew this was an I do mean here. See, he got in position again to take us down. This is why the Most High said he hated Esau. When he say Esau, he means the Mount of Esau, which is the chief, which is Amalek. He don't hate all Edomites, but the chief of Esau, which is Amalek, have a hatred for God and his people. And they fought against us all throughout the Bible and still doing it today. Still doing it. Three. Verse 10. And the king took his ring from his hand and gave it unto Haman, the son of Hamadatha. The Agagite, the Jews' enemy. Right, the Agagite. See, that's Amalek, the Jews' enemy. They've always been our enemy. Read. Verse 11. And the, kings, and the king said unto Haman, The silver is given to thee, the people also, to do with them as it seemeth good to thee. So hold on, I want to point out something. This was a law that the Jews could be killed. See? So just think about that. Spread them, buddy. It's the law. Just, just doing my job. What if the law is unjust? What if the law says it's okay to kill God's people? Mm. See? Because this was the law. They made the law that if we didn't bow, to kill us. See? So why are you talking about following the government, the laws of the land? Is this right? No. The Most High would never tell you to follow the laws of the land. He would never say that. Because everybody not following the laws of the Bible. Now, our laws in our land, when we're there, yeah. But not these other Gentiles. They were making it law to kill Israelites. See? And police would go right along with it, right? Because they think legal means right. And that's where it's getting mixed up. Just because it's legal don't make it right. Mm -hmm. See? They made it law for us to be taken down and destroyed. And they wonder why we be angry all the time. It feel like we've been oppressed for thousands of years. You'd be, it'd be, you'd be seeing 14-year-old black boys stressed out. You don't even know why. It's like they got been oppressed even before they was here. It's like... You know, we are a target. Everybody made us feel crazy. No, we're not crazy. We're not crazy. Read. Verse 12. Then were the king's scribes called on the 13th day of the first month. And there was written according to all all that Haman had commanded unto the king's lieutenants. And to the governors that were over every province. And to the rulers of every people of every province according to the writing thereof. And to every people after their language. In the name of King Ahasuerus was it written and sealed with the king's ring. See, sealed with the king's ring. Remember, we showed you that there's a stamp, a symbol that would come on the king's ring to seal and solidify any legislation. That's what was going on here. 
Go ahead. Verse 13. And the letters were sent by post into all the king's provinces to destroy, to kill, and to cause to perish all Jews. Read that again. And the letters were sent by post into all the king's provinces to destroy, to kill, and to cause to perish all Jews. See, that's why it may be a problem, um, you know, of you being a policeman or woman. Because we had a brother ask us that recently, you know, how do you think, you think that would be against God? And I told the brother personally, that's a decision you would have to make. But understand, there's going to be a decision that's going to have to be made at some point. You're not going to be able to straddle the fence at some point because this is what's going on behind closed doors. These are the same people that's making the legislation. These are the same people who are choosing your president. Your vote do not count. We all know that, but yet for some reason we're still going out to vote. I don't understand. When it's the electoral college who actually elects the president. Who do you think that is? I I know who it is. It's the Jewish people. It's the people with the money, the Rothschilds. Because nobody in this room can tell me who is one person that's in the electoral college. See, so you don't choose. They don't. You don't choose at all. The electoral college chooses. That could be a computer. You you don't know what that is. You don't know who that is. See, so they would never give you an opportunity to mess up the plan that they've been planning for thousands of years. They would never give you an opportunity to vote who you want in. They're going to choose who it is. And the two choices that you have both work for them usually. <laughs> usually, read. <clears throat> Verse 13, and the letters were sent by post into all the king's provinces to destroy, to kill, and to cause to perish all Jews, both young and old, mm. little children and women, in one day, even upon the 13th day of the 12th month, which is the month of Adar, and to take the spoil of them for a prey. So it said kill them and then take what they got. See, look at this. They're going to kill us and then take our possessions. This is law. See? This is why it's important that you know who you are, because if you didn't know you was a Jew, you wouldn't understand this is all aimed at you. You would just be looking from the outside like, oh, man, those people are being attacked. That's you. You're being attacked. (laughs) This is the salvation to understand who's been attacking you this whole time. This boy Christians right here. This is a boy Christian. I'm telling you, this is what we need. We need to be able to go into the Bible and identify Everybody that's in, you know, every character there is. Therefore, we can understand where we are in prophecy. That's why we're doing this. Because somebody is parading around claiming to be Japheth or the Greeks. And they're not them. They're not the Greeks. The Greeks are Asians. These other people are from Mount Seir. Read. Verse 14. The copy of the writing for a commandment to be given in every province was published unto all people. That they should be ready against that day. The post went out, being hastened by the king's commandment, and the decree was given into Shushan the palace. And the king of Haman, of Haman sat down to drink, but the city Shushan was perplexed. All right, now we wanted to just go into that story to show you that they assumed another identity and they continued to come after us to show you why captivity happened. We A lot of people don't understand why. I know they can't just enslave you because you're a different color. That, that's naive. It was something else working. It was something else working and it was the blood in your, it was the blood in your, under your skin. It was the blood in your veins. This was an oath to their parents, to Esau. And this is where the Masons come in. This is where the secret societies come in. This is what the secret is. The secret is that we're going to kill the Jews. That's the secret. They can't come out and tell you because then, why? If it's right, if it's if it's good, it doesn't have to be done in the dark. Right. See, 
So this is the whole plan is to kill these people. <coughs> Don't tell them who they are and kill them. See? So we got to wake up. Even Edomites who are listening to this. So, you know, this is going to be broadcast throughout the world. There's something you can do, which is don't hesitate to step away from anything that you think may be. For instance, if you are, you know, if you are a nurse in the black neighborhood, you know, and you pushing vaccines, you may want to step away from that. Mm-hmm. You may want to step out of that. If you just in the ghettos trying to, you know, give abortions out and all that, you may want to step away from that because you, you're strategically going against Jacob. You're working directly for Amalek. And there's going to be judgment for that. You're not going to be able to say, well, I was just trying to feed my family. Because there's many jobs. There's many jobs where you don't have to compromise yourself or kill somebody. Now, we're going to go to, uh, we're going to, go to Second Address. We're almost done. We've got two scriptures left. Second Address 16 and 10 to show you when Haman went into Persia, into Macedonia. Because this was Haman, Haman. Remember the Agagite. So we've tracked them all the way from Mount Seir to here now. Look how we've tracked them. To let them know. To let them know that we know exactly who they are. We know exactly who they are. Second Ezra chapter 16 verse 10. Verse 10. He shall cast lightnings and who shall not fear? He shall thunder and who shall not be afraid? The Lord shall threaten and who shall not be utterly beaten to powder at his presence? Wrong scripture. Actually, I'm going to go to 1 Maccabees 1 and 1. First Maccabees 1 and 1. Verse 1. And it happened after that Alexander son of Philip... The Macedonian. The Macedonian. So now it's calling Philip the Macedonian when he was Nedomite, but he took over a Persian land. Persia is Macedonian. So it's calling Philip the Macedonian. But it, look, it says Alexander, the son of Philip. That's Alexander the Greek or Alexander the Great, who was a son of um, Zeppo. See, Zeppo started this whole thing, but Alexander the Greek is who capped it off, who ended, ended the conquer. The conquering. Read that again, brother. Verse 1. And it happened after that Alexander, son of Philip, the Macedonian, who came out of the land of Chittim. Remember, see? Came out of Chittim. So they were the Greeks. Now they've gone into Persia. They fought against Persia. It's called the Punic Wars. The Greeks and the Persians. Go ahead. And it happened after that Alexander, son of Philip, the Macedonian, who came out of the land of Chittim, had smitten Darius, king of the Persians, and Medes. That he reigned in his stead, the first over Greece. See, so that's when they went into Greece. See, Alexander the Greek or Alexander the Great. He conquered Persia, which is now part of Greece or Macedonia. See, so they take over these lands and then rename them and then claim to be the people of the land. So they would go into Vietnam and then say they're Vietnamese. Or they would go into Hawaii and now they're Hawaiian. See, this is what they do to hide themselves. This is what they do. They would move to France and now they're French. Now they're the French. See? There's a reason for that because the Most High said that we need to keep an oath against these particular people. This is why they continuously change their names. And this is why they go out into other lands to take them over, to hide. See? This whole time they've been moving and every time we try to 
figure out who it is. It, it moves here, it moves there, but we pinned them down today. We pinned them down. Read this last scripture again, brother. Verse 1. And it came after that Alexander, son of Philip, the Macedonian, who came out of the land of Chittim, had smitten Darius, king of Persians, and the Medes, that he reigned in his stead, the first over Greece. So he, king Darius of the Persians and Medes, and he reigned in his stead, first over Greece. So this is when they went into Greece. Now they're calling themselves the Greeks. Alexander the Greek was not a Greek. The Greek are the Asians. That's why a lot of them, you know, those people over there in Iran, you wouldn't even know, but they're actually Asian. They're not what you think they are. You think they're Middle Eastern, but they're not. They're actually Asian. That's why China is protecting them. <laughs> See? So you think Asians are light Asians, but the real Asian, the first Asians were brown people too. Mm-hmm. See? And the Iran and those people over there, Persia, they're actually Asians. They're not what you think they are. In America, we think anybody in the Middle East is an Arab. <laughs> you know, this is how they know we're not smart. These are actually these people are actually Japanese. These people are actually Asian. Now we're going to end it off by going to Revelations uh, twelve, because now that we've shown you the the path of now that we've shown you the path of um, Amalek, let us let us show you what's transpired. Oh, excuse me. Revelations 12. Verse 1. And there appeared a great wonder in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun and the moon under her feet, and upon their head a crown of twelve stars. Those twelve stars are the twelve tribes of Israel. Verse 2. And she being with child cried, travailing in birth and pain to be delivered. Read. And there appeared another another wonder in heaven. And behold, a great red dragon. Notice it says great red dragon. Red, Esau, Edom, red. Ate the pork. Ate the pottage. Let us show you. We're going to go go to your Bible dictionary and look up Edom. We're going to show you that Edom means red. To prove to you that this dragon will be carried by the beast who is scarlet colored. This would be covered. It would be carried by scarlet colored. Alright, so just the highlighted area. We're not even going to read the whole definition. We just want to show you what it says for Edom. You can read that. Uh, is that for Edom? Yes. Yeah. It says Edom figures prominently. Oh, uh, no, actually, the page before that. Yeah. All right. <clears throat> The nation and its people who were the descendants of Esau. Now it says Edom, Edomites, red. To show you that Edom means red. Red man. They're not white. They're red. Esau, red. Edom. Ate the the bloody, you know, the bloody food. You know, most, I'm not going to say most, but a lot of Edomites like their food bloody. And that was a sin. You're supposed to cook the blood out of the food. Because the spirit, the soul is in the blood. See, so this was what Esau did. So his name was changed to Edom, which means red. Now we're going to go back and read that last scripture again. Now that we understand red stands for Esau. Verse 3. Nope, you're fine. Revelations 12 and 3. And there appeared another wonder in heaven, and behold, a great red dragon having seven heads and ten horns. 
and seven crowns upon his head. Now it's a red dragon, which means this is a government carried by the scarlet colored beast, which is Esau, the Edomites. Now it says the seven heads because we know that Rome is on seven hills. The only empire to rule that's on seven hills is Rome. And what came from Rome is the Ten Horns or the European Union. So you can just go back and look at the, the original ten EU or the United Nations. These are the countries that came from Rome. Switzerland and Brussels and Germany, all of that. That's the Ten Horns. All of those Edomite lands that are pushing the eagle. They're part of the Antichrist, the government. This is what the, the Bible is talking about. The seven heads, that, that's Rome. The Ten Horns are the, the, the ideology, the countries that came out of Rome. Because Rome wasn't just one area. It wasn't just a city in Italy. Rome went out amongst its borders and conquered other lands and shared that ideology. And once they conquered the land, that was Rome too. So now Rome have different bases all over. Notice that America mimics that. They got bases all over. All over. They got that from Rome. And it says seven crowns because these, these seven are kingdoms. They're in rulership. This is the rulers. So we wanted to show you that the 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 um the beast the scarlet colored beast is coming through Esau through Amalek, so we wanted to trace Esau from Mount Seir all the way up to where he is today and who he claims to be, so we can prove to you without any shadow of a doubt he's not Japheth. So when you're dealing in a lot of these history books, they're claiming that Esau or the Edomites or the Europeans, the Caucasian man, are Japheth and they're not. They're Esau. And there's a reason why they're trying to hide that. And we just wanted to pull the mask off of that today. And this lesson, you know, this is a short version. This lesson is a four-hour lesson, really, that'll be put up maybe on a podcast at some time because there's so much information that it can't be done in a live setting. So, you know, this was just the bulk of the information to have you understand that when they went into Greece, when they became the Greeks, what was the history? What were they doing as Agagites? Agagites. So now we know that it's not all Edomites. It's Amalek. It's the Jewish people who are trying to persecute us and kill us. They're the ones pushing GMOs. They're the ones pushing vaccinations. That's them. That's them. See? They're the ones pushing abortions. That's them. See? They have a problem with God. They have a problem with God's people. And on that note, we're going to close. We're going to say shalom and all praises be to the Most High, Ahiah, and His Son, Yeshaya.